So, you want to be an orthopedic surgeon. Lucky for you, you've come to the right place to learn all about the intricacies comprising the field of orthopedic medicine. We've got an entertaining episode ahead, and I hope that you enjoy it. Let's dive right in. Hello, everyone. Today on this episode of So You Want to Be an Orthopedic Surgeon, we have David Michael Payne. David Michael Payne, or known as DMP for short, is a recently graduated biology major from Occidental College. He was a member of their men's soccer team and was a four-year starter. David currently works as a medical assistant for Beach Cities Orthopedics. This is located in Los Angeles. And this is a medical practice headed by two brilliant surgeons, Dr. Brad Thomas and Dr. William Mueller. The facility offers every component of patient care in orthopedics, ranging from physical therapy to even offering an in-house MRI machine for those patients who need it. DMP hopes to eventually become an orthopedic surgeon. And right now he is currently applying to medical schools after recently completing his MCAT. In this episode of the podcast, we will take a deep dive into how David is accomplishing his goal of becoming a future orthopedic surgeon. So thank you very much, David, for, for, uh, for sharing some of your Saturday with me. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. Very excited. Do you have any remarks before we begin? No, I just, um, I mean, you shared with me kind of your proposal and kind of uh, a little bit about the project and um, very excited to be a part of it. And I think it's such a cool idea and um, looking forward to uh, the final product and everything that you get to put out. Yeah, I am too. And I think it's going to be really helpful for those future orthopedic surgeons, just like yourself. Um, so let's begin. My first question deals with how you got started. How did your passion for orthopedics develop? For instance, you know, I got into orthopedics because I had a couple of injuries that I sustained in sports and they took a long time to heal and I did a lot of surgeries for them. So I just wanna hear, that's where I got started is I was, you know, really curious and I was thinking about, you know, what is going on with my surgery? And I would just look at videos even, you know, sometimes that, that creeps people out, but I was very fascinated with these videos of my surgeries that was going to be uh, performed on me. And so I want to hear about the first moment when you thought that orthopedics could be a career path for you. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's such a good question. And I think right now, you know, um, something that I've been thinking about, thinking a lot about um, for me, I think ever since I was a little kid, you know, super active. Uh, I'm one of four kids. All of us played sports growing up, you know, basketball, soccer, swimming, volleyball, whatever it was, we were, we were always out doing something. And, and with that, you know, being kids, I think we were always, you know, just sustaining injuries. And um, ever since I was probably seven, um, I was going to um, the orthopedics um, just to get, you know, broken bones checked up on, different muscle pulls, you know, whatever it was, I was always at the doctor's office. And um, from a very early age, I just grew to love um, healthcare in general. Um, initially, like my grandpa, firefighter, paramedic, my dad went to the academy. Um, I have uncles who, you know, are firefighters. And, and that was something that uh, I just really wanted to do and I really wanted to emulate them. They're my heroes. And, um, and they really just, they're like, dude, like you should check out like 
all these other uh, specialties like in healthcare, what it, what it might mean to be a provider one day. Uh, and so probably since I was like in middle school, I started having like a shift of, uh, of my mentality. Like, you know, maybe, maybe I do want to be a provider. Maybe I do want to, you know, walk with people on their journeys um, through medicine. And, and that whole field is, there's just so much in it. And ortho has just been something I feel like for me, um, I've just always, always, always been drawn to. Um, I think living active, healthy lifestyles is something that I just really believe in. And I just like really want people to also be able to uh, lead their normal, active, healthy lives. Um, I think one of the big things about ortho recently is just like um, being able to get older patients back to just walking around their block or being able to get, you know, a single mother um, back to being able to take care of her kids, even though she's got like, she just had uh, surgery for a broken foot. You know, there's a lot of setbacks in life. And, and I think it's just such a special field with getting people back to the sports they love, to their daily activities. And I just, with personal experience and what I've been able to see um, since middle school, personally, I just like, I've always been around ortho. I've always wanted to do it. And, and yeah, I know that's a long-winded answer, but <laughs> there's, no, there's I, so much to it. <laughs> no, I totally got you. And we're going to talk about more about that later because I totally feel you in terms of just waiting for, or not waiting, but just helping people get back to their daily life pain-free. I think that's a huge motivation for me. And I, I'm just, you know, listening to your answer, I think that's a big motivation for you too, in terms of, you know, as orthopedic surgeons, as you've seen your orthopedic surgeon, I know we're not there yet, but yeah. the primary goal is just get the patient back to their daily life pain-free. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a great, I think that's a great mentality to have because, you know, and that, we'll, we'll talk about this, but, you know, some people get into orthopedics or some people might go into medicine in general for the wrong reasons. And I think that that's a very good reason to have. And, and, and on the flip side, it's just, you know, trying to see the patient through to a pain-free lifestyle. So I love that answer so much. My second question for you was, you know, you figured out that orthopedics was for you. You know, you talked about medical or middle school. Uh, you talked about, uh, you know, your, you, your dad and your grandpa, your two heroes, and that was beautiful. But when you got your passion, how did you explore potential avenues? Uh, and how did you get, you know, the ideal job? It sounds like you're in a great situation at Big Beach Cities Orthopedics, but how did you get to that point? I know for some people it can be really difficult to get their foot in the door. Do you have any helpful tips on how to do that? Yeah. Um, so for me, I will say I'm very fortunate because um, of my mom um, and just like my early enthusiasm in, in medicine. Uh, my mom was just a huge advocate for all of us kids and, and whatever we want to do. And um, I think it was like clear. I made it clear early to my parents that like, hey, I think I really like this you know, I'm just putting that out there. I don't know any of the steps. I was probably like 12, 11, 13. So I'm not going to be too proactive in like, all right, what do I need to do to become a doctor or even just be exposed to it? And so my mom, when we'd go in, 
you know, to my dermatologist. And when we'd go into like my asthma doctor or, or the orthopedics, she'd just be, she would mention it. And, and I think having the ability to share um, just like your, your passions and your dreams with like people close to you, um, I think one makes a huge difference. Um, and just to have people in your corner that are huge supporters of you and advocates and uh, want to see you and help you grow. Uh, my mom has nothing to do with medicine, but she just like, she's like, well, he, he doesn't even talk in the room, but like, he's actually really interested in it. Is it cool if like, he would follow you around? And so it started off with my mom, like being like, hey, can he shadow or whatever? Um, and later in high school, um, I just began reaching out on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of rejections, a lot of like, you know, sorry, we can't, we're busy right now, or, or sorry, we're booked or, mm-hmm. or whatever it was. But I think as long as you have the desire to just put yourself out there, like, you'll, you'll find that a lot of doctors, regardless of what specialty, um, want to teach and want to, to show and want to um, inspire future generations. And so I've been lucky to be a part of that and, you know, watching surgeries and uh, being at different hospitals and, you know, just all throughout since high school to, to college. And now after college, I've just been in the healthcare scene in whatever capacity um, I could get myself into. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, when I think about my journey, my personal journey, I remember there were so many rejections and I want to make it clear mm. to our audience that it's okay to be rejected. Uh, keep pushing. I think, yeah. I, think I, I applied to so many different places looking for a medical, uh, a medical related job until I found the one that I'm currently in. And I currently work for a spine, orthopedic spine surgeon. So he does spinal surgeries. And he, I kind of stumbled across it and, you know, and I got rejected a lot. And I think that's really important to know is that just keep pushing. And I, I love my situation right now. And, and the doctor that I work for is great. But it wasn't, it wasn't super crystal clear for a second there. You know, I, I was questioning it. And when you're getting rejected from places, you can question uh, your, you can question your, your field because you're like, I'm not getting the experience that I want. How do I get the experience that I desire, but I'm not getting in anywhere. Uh, yeah. you know, and, and, and I don't know if you experienced that. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I, I don't think to the, you know, obviously I can't speak to the extent um, to like everything I try. I think I was pretty fortunate, like probably out of like 20 things, which 20, I feel like is like a pretty substantial number. I know there's a lot of pre-meds who, you know, apply to way more things or, or ask an email about way more things. But out of the 20, I feel like I got five. And, you know, probably six, maybe. Um, so that's, I feel like that for me, you know, or maybe as a pre-med, like if you're only shooting or if you're only hitting like a quarter um, of what you're like sending out there, it's kind of discouraging. But, you know, for me, that was like five really good opportunities, six really good opportunities. For, like I'll, all I needed was one. Exactly. Um, and, and it sounds like you have like, something super special and super cool going on for you so as long as you find can find that one thing and just have the perseverance um to just to get in somewhere 
I think that says a lot too about your character um, and, you know, might play a role in you being a future physician. Totally agree with you. So getting transitioning into your daily life as an orthopedic medical assistant, I want to hear about what you do. I know that you've been working at Beach City's Orthopedics for a long time, so you've probably got a routine down. But I want to I want to investigate what are the intricacies of being a medical assistant for our audience. Maybe some of them, you know, I've never been a medical assistant before. What do you what, what if you could shed some light on what should they expect? Say they get hired for a job, what should they expect? Yeah. Um, all right. So I feel like to be honest, I actually don't know the hundred percent difference between medical assistant scribe. I know there's so many overlapping similarities. Um, for me as a medical assistant at Beach Cities Orthopedics, um, you know, I uh, when I started there as a medical assistant, um, I was just taking histories, you know, bringing patients back into the room, getting kind of a rundown of, of what they're in for, kind of any previous history. Um, and in that too, I mean, you just learn so much. It's like, oh my gosh, this patient's having pain here, or this was the mechanism of injury or pain at night. And you just, by by taking histories and interacting with patients and just like, taking in like stuff for the doctors, like you also learn a lot. Um, so taking histories, um, you know, being knowledgeable about different um, treatment options or different treatment plans. Um, patients ask a lot of times you in the room, like, oh, you know, like, um, just like, wh what does this process look like or, or whatever? And of course you have the physician that's answering the questions too, but um, there are like some like little things that it's like it's good to know like um, even just an undergrad and for me I think this is like I love like medicine and I, I love like the the study of like chemistry um, so like NMR stuff and, and just like MRI technology and and understanding like you know, the, the foundational principles of like how MRI machines work or, you know, understanding like that there's a giant magnet, which is why you're not allowed to have any metal in your body. Um, and, and so just like being able to like apply that knowledge from school to a clinical setting and then also being able to educate patients uh, just as a medical assistant and just sharing with them like, what you know and also what you're qualified to share because there's a lot of stuff you're you're obviously not qualified yeah, exactly um but yeah you prep patients for exams super simple stuff you learn exams you you um you're in the room a lot of it is um being a scribe as well so while the while the doctor is you know examining the patient talking to the patient you're kind of documenting and recording and just alongside every Part, every minute of that of that visit and, and you know it's super cool too like uh, for me I was doing it in the summers and now since I've been out of school I've been like you know several months maybe six seven months like uninterrupted so I just see the same patients coming back week after week month after month and, and you build relationships with them um, definitely there, there's so much stuff and I even I got further professional licensing um so i'm an orthopedic technician now um mm. which allows me to assist in the or allows me to do cast allow allows me to do traction stuff so 
There's so much in ortho. Yeah, there's so much. We could talk forever about it. I know. I, I actually, I want to expand on that orthopedic technician, you know, further, further educate. Because I know for, you know, potential medical students, you know, they take gap years. A lot of, a lot of people take gap years now. And, and it's smart, you know. I mean, you, whatever your journey is, is your journey. And, and it's not linear. But there's yeah. various ways that can help you get into a medical school and one of those is to continue on in your educational journey, because, you know, you might think you do undergrad and then take a gap year and your educational journey stops there until you reach medical school. But obviously you have expanded onto the orthopedic technician job. And if, if you don't mind just shedding some light on how did you, how did you come up with the idea of being an orthopedic tech? And then what do you do as an orthopedic tech in the OR specifically? Maybe that, maybe that would interest uh, some of our, our listeners to hear about. Yeah, so it's crazy. I mean, I guess I just turned 23, but um, I think I'm pretty young, uh, especially I, one of the big things, you know, when you work in healthcare, um, especially uh, for me and, and the private practice that I'm at, I'm a baby. Um, but I've been there for a while. I think I've been there three to four years on and off through school pandemic really like I was in Texas uh, with my parents so I just on and off working there um, but I think one of the things that I was just super I've just been there for a while and, and I just wanted to personally challenge myself and, and there was an opportunity um, the office manager talked to me about um, an ortho tech position and he's like oh he's like you should totally just do it he's like I think you would pass. He's like, you totally like are very comfortable with orthopedics. You like are very comfortable with interacting with patients. He's like, you know how to cast, you know how to do this and that. He's like, um, you should email like the national board um, of orthopedic technicians certified. Um, and he's like, you should, you know, look into it. And so there's basically three ways to be able to sit like the, the exam and the, the whole process to get certified. One of the three ways, um, which a friend of mine, this is how she got her ortho tech license. Um, she was an athletic trainer, like a nationally certified athletic trainer in college, um, which I didn't do. I was like, oh, I wish I would have done that because like it could have been super helpful for me. Um, but you know, athletic training, uh, there's a lot of ortho people that do that in college and, and that's super helpful. So that that's one of the avenues. Another one's, you know, you actually go to school to, um, prep you to become an orthopedic technician, uh, which I also didn't do. Um, I wasn't in any program for that. I, I went to undergrad and I never thought about that. And then the other one was if you had had, um, two years, I think it was like 24 months of uh, ortho, orthopedic experience in the past like 36 months. Um, and, and for me, um, that that was the one for me, I just had been in the field so long. And, and um, you know, I, I wrote to the national committee and, you know, they, they allowed me to sit the exam, they allowed me to do the interview, do the clinical skills portions, and then pretty much just a pass fail thing. Um, so then I got into it. And, you know, a lot of a lot of my personal studying was just through books I bought and through videos I watched and whatever. And 
you know, in the OR, you get to scrub in, you get to assist, um, you get to, you know, you're not, there's different roles in the OR. So you're not the one handing instruments. You can be at times, you know, depending on how many hands the surgeon needs. A lot of times you're holding retractors, holding up the, holding open the incision. Um, you are moving the knee, moving the leg to open up joint space, moving the shoulder. Um, pretty much you're just like an extra set of hands for the orthopedic surgeon. So, but yeah, you're in the sterile field. That's awesome. I think, you know, when you're a medical assistant, obviously you're not scrubbing in on surgeries. So you're not, I mean, I can shadow my doctor at any time. I can go to the, the OR and, and see what's going on. And he's great for letting me do that. But another aspect of the job is surgery. That is your job is to do surgery. So, you know, if you're not, if you're, if you haven't been in an OR and you haven't seen what an orthopedic does for surgery, there it's, there's a good, I mean, you got to go and do that. And I think that's one of the, the ways that you can is by being an orthopedic tech. And I think that's, a, I think you shed some great insight on how to become an orthopedic tech. And I think that could be very beneficial to, to, to hear about. So, I mean, obviously you're, you're very accomplished in your schooling and, and you always pursue education, but I, you know, I think it's, I think that's a great, that's a great topic to touch on anyways. Segmenting into our next part of the interview, I want to hear about your MCAT. I know that word, the medical, so for our viewers, the medical college admissions test is one of the probably hardest tests to get into a grad school. And, you know, it's not, it's not easy by any means. You study for a long time, probably, I mean, I've heard like three months, four months, just for a single test. And that test seems like it could like make or break your entire medical journey. So I know that can sound daunting, but for listeners, David is just finished his MCAT and I'm sure he did very well, but I want to hear about your experience. I want to hear about your personal experience in terms of studying, you know, what worked for you? What didn't work for you? If you have any advice, uh, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Um, so funny. I feel like you and I had a very similar reaction when you said the word MCAT. Um, for me, you know, uh, I'm on the other side of it. Um, I'm just waiting on scores. I think they're getting back in three days, actually. But um, yeah, it, it is a very difficult test. I think, you know, you can't understate that. You can't sugarcoat that. There's no way around it. It is required for um, your application uh, going into medical school. And, and so then it just becomes this thing of like, how do you tackle it? And, um, you know, I, it's hard. It's like, uh, I think it's seven and a half hours, the whole exam time. Um, so it's just a long day. You, you get in at eight, pretty much you leave at four and you're just testing and there's four different sections in it. And um, the first thing I did when prepping for the MCAT was I started like six months early and I was like, you know, like people do that. It's an exam that you really only want to take once. Like a lot of people say that that was their motivation. Like I'm just going to stick to it because I only want to take this thing one time. So I'm going to study well. I'm going to study hard. Um, for me, I was uh, very much in the process of studying for my orthopedic uh, technician license. Um, and I was also just uh, working um, full time. And so I was just like 
put studying on the back burner a little bit. Um, I ended up taking a prep course, um, I think 12 to 14 weeks before my exam. I took it through um, this one prep course uh, company. I don't know if I'm supposed to endorse it. There's like, I don't know. I don't know. I took, I took a prep course for me. For me, it was super helpful because it gave me the accountability. We met twice a week in person, which is really nice for me after the pandemic, just being online for three years, pretty much. Um, or it just felt like three years, at least. Um, it gave me the accountability and it gave me um, a time that I had to be prepared with certain materials because, you know, I'd, I'd like want to be engaged in our in our discussion that that day. Um, I also ended up um, realizing that I, I could not work full time and study for the MCAT outside of outside of work. So um, it was like very much, you know, managing priorities um, and the MCAT came first. So I went to part time employment. Very lucky that my job, you know, allowed me to. But they've been aware my like my role as a student has been paramount in my time with them. And so they were very understanding and very supportive. Um, so part-time plus studying worked a lot and work in the mornings. And then I'd go to the library and I would just work at the library. Um, there's a lot of different like study methods. I personally, I'm a big book guy, um, which I know is not like the most encouraging thing to just buy a ton of books. I actually just put them away yesterday. I have like 12 or 15 books. Um, and I just spent a lot of time in them. But then, you know, I, of course, making flashcards. Um, I have this wall behind me. It's kind of erased, but um, I'd always just do practice problems and, and just throw stuff up on there. And I would just always be doing it whenever I had the opportunity to. Um, and then I ended up taking uh, three weeks off of work completely before the test to just, you know, get in a good headspace and, and just get ready for it and, and just spend like, you know, full day studying because I know people, people actually study full time for the MCAT. Mm -hmm. uh, for me, I don't think I could have done that. I think seeing patients every day was really helpful and motivating for me, like why you're doing it. Yeah, I'm about to impart on that journey soon. I'm, I'm going to be studying for the MCAT in the fall. And yeah. I'm probably going to be working concurrently. Thankfully, I think my boss is going to let me go part-time instead of moving to full-time. Because I'm planning on moving to full-time in the summer. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going. I'm going on a couple of vacations. And I think, you know, that's actually my next topic and we'll get into that but I'm going in, I'm traveling a little bit so you know I'm gonna try to do part-time just like you did and, and and you know I I think that that'd be great yeah method. but anyways what you know it can be it can be difficult it can be stressful on on your mind to to study for such a test and it can be stressful to work with patients who are in pain constantly and how how is your 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 mentality through it all. How do you, how do you reset? If that makes sense? Say you had a really tough patient. It's really sad. She's had, or he, he or she's had a lot of surgeries. You know, they're just in constant pain. They have arthritis, whatever, whatever it may be. How do you deal with the tough patients? How do you kind of recalibrate? Yeah, I think 
So just in a clinical setting, like moving from a tough patient that you just described to like literally the next patient, I think uh, one, I think every day at work, uh, I'm just reminded of like the opportunity and like just the privilege that I get to step alongside people in such a vulnerable and hard time. And I think honestly, like patients like that are um, as equally rewarding as patients who just, you know, do great from like day one and, and never have issues or like, um, you know, just like, just like our superstar patients in the sense that they get better and they're like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. Um, the patients who struggle or the patients who have struggled and patients that have hardship during their, their journey. Um, I think that's what it's honestly all about. I think walking alongside those people, I think that's what you get the training to do. I, I don't think for me, I've ever been, um, you know, too drained or just too like, um, I guess depressed. I don't know the right word, but I've just, I've never really, I'm just always like excited and eager to do whatever I can to, to be with patients like those um, who do truly need your help and, and that you're qualified to give them the, the care and the, the assistance that they need. Um, so, I, and I just feel like you're just stepping into that role. Like that's why you are a physician. That's why you are a medical assistant. That's why you're an ortho tech. You're there to help them because you're qualified to, and you have the experience and you know exactly, you know, um, what they need. I also, I do think like going day to day, work-life balance is important. I am very active. Um, I think it's just always been the way I've lived life. Like when I stop to think about it, you know, six out of seven days of the week, I'm doing at least like one sport, um, usually doing two sports a day. Um, and, and I think just being outside for me is huge. And, and yeah, I just like, you need to get away from work. Cause I've definitely been in seasons where I just like stay at the office way too long, documenting and, and charting and, you know, I want to be there for, for the doctors and for that, but you got to be there for yourself too. Definitely. And, you know, I think that's not talked about enough is just it'd be stressful. You know, you're as a med, I know a lot of pre-meds, they're very driven. They're very focused on becoming a doctor. And I love that. And it's great, but you got to have some personal days. You got to go out and travel. You got to go out. And, you know, I know you like to surf a lot you yeah. and, and, and ride some waves and you just, you just have to take those times uh, seriously because while I know that a lot of people who could be, you know, want to be a orthopedic surgeon, they're, they're super driven. Um, that's what I've found, but you, you also have to have some fun too. And I think, I think that you can have both. I know in medical school, it can be really daunting. I know, uh, I know you, you might think that you have less time than you have, but I think it's really important to go out, get some exercise, go travel, take the time to, enjoy life too because that, that's what it's all about you're not becoming an orthopedic surgeon to, for the money you're not becoming an orthopedic surgeon for the prestige you know yeah. while you might think you are you'll get weeded out really quickly when you realize how much work and how much stress it actually is so you really have yeah. to enjoy those moments off the clock as well and I think I think you do a great job of that yeah it, it's hard though for sure 
Um, it is hard, I think, just because, you know, we're humans, and I think there is a tendency for pre-meds to want to do it all, and, and, and that idea that, you know, that these people that go into medicine are unstoppable and, you know, can live off of no sleep, but um, yeah, it's just, you got to take care of yourself because it is a long journey and not just through medical school and residency, but like if you do make it to becoming an orthopedic surgeon or any type of doctor, um, you have to sustain yourself moving forward for your patients. You can't come into the office being, just exhausted because you're not taking care of yourself and then you know it's just a spiraling effect like you have to have the integrity and the accountability um to your patients too definitely so this is my final question for you i want to hear about your end goal so i know you want to be an orthopedic surgeon and i do as well but what do you hope to accomplish when you get there when you finish your residency and your fellowship, whatever, whatever specialty you go into, if you like hands or shoulders or whatever, what, like, what, what, what gets you excited about being an orthopedic surgeon? When you think about when you reach that goal, when you, when you accomplish what you've set out to do, which is right now at least get into med school and then, and then hopefully specialize in orthopedic surgery, what's your mentality moving forward from that? Yeah, um, it's a very good question. I think that is a um a rooted question for me that just always um gets me encouraged um and excited um because the end goal is just I love surgery so much um I do love it any type of surgery it's fascinating I really do want to do surgery uh, 100% not doubt in my mind I'm gonna go into surgery but I think also I'm just, I just love um, the clinical aspect. I love getting to interact with patients and, and to come alongside them. And, you know, people are so, I just love people and, and everyone comes from different backgrounds. And, mm. you know, I, I just like think that being able to meet people where they are and, and to walk with them is uh, truly a special thing. And so the end goal for sure, and, and I think this is, by nature of where I'm working, um, but to open up my own private practice, um, I'd love to have my own private practice, um, you know, that I could um, be in charge of. I do really like the model that Peach Cities has, you know, chiropractor, acupuncture, massage, physical therapy, MRI, x-ray, um, like literally like aqua therapy, hand therapy, um, surgery centers like everything is under the same roof which is super convenient for the patient they don't have to go find another provider or another doctor's office um, just to do like continued treatment like it's all like right there when you check out um, I just want to I just want to um, practice honestly I, I think I'm just so excited to practice and to and to be with patients um, I think hospitals are interesting settings. Um, I have worked in a few hospitals and I worked in a few private practices and I would one day love to have the freedom to open up my own private practice and, and to operate it and run it in the ways that I think would be best for my patients. Um, and, and just to have the, the freedom to, you know, just to do uh, not whatever, but <laughs> 
you know, I don't know. I just private practice. It's really cool. And that's, that's the goal. Yeah. One thing, you know, that, that you mentioned that I really enjoy is I also work in a private practice and I also have been in the hospital and I think it's, it's very different settings, you know, when, as medicine is progressing, you see that it's kind of molding into a big conglomerate business where you have like Kaiser huge, right. And they're, they're, I know I've read some into it, but they're willing to, you know, comp your insurance, which obviously liability is huge. You're yeah. willing, they're willing to do a lot of stuff for you for reduction in salary. So I know you want to be in private practice and I know I want to be in private practice, but those are going away. So how are we going to yeah. combat that? Yeah. It's, it's interesting, dude. I like the field of medicine has changed so much. Um, I mean, I guess like the, in the medical sense, it's changed like with advancements, but also like the administrative side of things are changing. So I feel like when you and I get into medicine, like get into practicing, it's going to look, it's going to be a completely different world than the people that you're going to interview now or, or the people that we work for. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, I I'm just, I'm excited because patient care is still going to be patient care and surgery is still going to be surgery. Um, I, there's minimal changes that go on, you know, during surgery. A lot of them are just like very efficient and very safe. I agree. And that's a really good point. I mean, patient care is your job, you know, it's, it's my job too. And I think that's a really important thing to highlight is that when you become a doctor, you, I mean, you could be the best. I, there's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of doctors that are great at surgery, but what really makes a good doctor, a good doctor is how they treat their patients. And I think at least with my doctor, I'm sure your doctors are great too. You, you see how they interact with patients and you see how uh, their, their care is. I mean, I work for a doctor, he's like, you know, 65 and he's, he's a, he's a great spine surgeon. And yeah, He's been doing it for years, but he still treats his patients the same way as he did fresh out of med school. You can't yeah. lose that desire to treat your patients well because that's your job. And I think um, I think that's a huge thing to, to, to really remind future orthopedic surgeons is your patients are your clients. They, I mean, they're not your clients, but they're a lot of my, I mean, my boss is, is personally connected with a lot of these patients just because it's just the, he does it for the love of 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 healing people and i think that's yeah. that's a really big priority to have yeah no i i totally think that's huge and and i think you know obviously people get into medicine for different reasons um i i truthfully like genuinely didn't know that um ortho is like one of the highest paid uh medical specialties until like end of my college career um when I was with other pre-meds and, and they were sharing this info <laughs> and I'm like no way I'm like that's pretty sick like that's a nice bonus like good pay um but I you know for for me and I think for most providers it's it's not it's not about the money um obviously the time that you're going to put in the education that you're going to go through um the sacrifices that you're going to make um you know, you do get compensated and, and you do, you are in a, you have to perform, like there's no room for mistakes um, type of profession. Um, but yeah, I, I just think that like, it's about the people. 
uh, for me. And it's about like how you uh, deal with people who are different and how you can cater care mm-hmm. um, best suited for an individual patient. Um, that I, that's the part I love. Yeah. Well, that's all I have for you today. Thank you so much, David, for spending some of your time with me. I think you gave our audience such good, helpful tips, advice, and they, you just shared some insight on, on your, your personal journey. And I think it, it's really cool to hear how you've progressed from being that middle school student who was inspired to now applying to med schools and hopefully getting into your top one which I'm sure you will. I just want to say personally, thank you so much for being on this, for being on this podcast and for letting me interview you. I I really appreciate it. And, you know, uh, thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you for having me. This is such a great idea. And, you know, I hope I'm, I'm eager to hear from the other people that you have on. Perfect. Thanks. That's it for this episode, you guys on, so you want to be an orthopedic surgeon. 